Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? It's me, Egbert, once again. I'm the new owner of this station. I went out and hired the best talk radio consultant, Jeff Allen from News Talk STL, and told him to hire the worst talent he could find. Jeff did exactly as I told him. Ladies and gentlemen, here are Brad and John. The absolute positive worst. We're the worst, John. I love it. And I came up this weekend with a cover song for our upcoming album, Brad. And it's to this tune that you remember from your DJ days. E-G-G-B-U-R-T. E-G-G-B-U-R-T. What song is that? I'll give you a hint. Was that Bay City Rollers or something like that? Tommy Two Tone. Tommy, oh, eight six five eight six seven five three zero nine. Yeah, that, there it is. Uh, Parson up in North County had that phone number. I bet they did. Yeah, that's a Bell Fountain. Uh, yeah. That's a Bell Fountain neighbors uh, prefix there. Eight six seven. Yeah. Isn't that bizarre? You remember exchanges now? It doesn't make any difference because of the fact that you could <laughs> be anywhere. Sense. And I don't. Most of my favorite people in the world, I have no idea what their phone number is. I, you know what, sort of weird. Uh, one of my uh, uh, good friends turned into a girlfriend in high school, had a phone number that I went in, embedded in my brain. And about 20 years later, I met someone who was working out of their home, and they gave me their phone number to contact them. And it was the same phone number. It had been recycled. I go, You're kidding me. No, it was the exact same phone number. And I said, I said, do you get ever get any calls for Wow. What are, I mean, you can... She says to me, she says, she says to me, I, and the lady I dated at the time, her name was Jesse Johnson. And I said to her, do you ever get any calls from the John, for the Johnson? She says, yeah, every once in a while, if somebody calls once, wants to talk to the Johnson family. I go, well, that's my, that was her old phone number. Okay. Uh, this is bj.show that I, bjshow.co. I got there it right. Go. Said, bjshow.co. That's John Combest, C-O-M-B-E-S-T. I am Brad. Together we make whatever we make. Uh, John is a guy who, and I have to tell you a really funny story. Remember me, remember to tell me, uh, to tell you the Brian Nieves story, which involves you, believe it or not. Nice. Uh, yes. Fantastic. I'll tell you that a little, a little bit later. But we've been doing this show, what, two and a half months now, something like that? Yeah, yeah. We're coming up on episode 50 this week. Something like that. Okay. So what's interesting is we've got a little bit of advertiser support, and I was going, I went out and, you know, spent some money on the show. I hired an announcer to do your uh, top three. I uh, can't wait to hear it. Okay. I hope it's not even a reasonable facsimile. No, no, no. Here's the announcer. Matter of fact, uh, 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 Mr. Announcer, come in, please. We're on our way to the number one. <laughs> I'm Casey Kasem. Wow, it's Casey Kasem. I was going to say that takes me back to a cassette that I have down in the basement from the 1980s of that voice. So, so here's Casey Kasem who's going to be our permanent intro to John's top three. And Love it. Casey, take it away. In third place. In third place over the weekend, some news that we talked about on Friday. Thanks to Brad. Brad was able to break it via the Mark Cox show on 
media coverage on Saturday of Bob Onder's announcement that he is running in the third congressional district primary. So we covered this a bit on Friday. You can find the archives at bjshow.co. And interestingly, on Saturday, the other announced candidate in the third congressional district Republican primary, Mary Elizabeth Coleman, announced that she had just opened a campaign office in mid-Missouri. Now, you'll recall from our discussion, we pontificated or opined that there would likely be a candidate entering from mid-Missouri. But it looks like Mary Elizabeth Coleman, the day after Bob Onder announces, opens up her own campaign office right in the heart of mid-Missouri in Jefferson City. So she's in Jefferson City? Her campaign, yeah, her first campaign office that she has opened is in Jefferson City. And that, that is part of uh, Congressional District 3 as well as Columbia, correct? That's correct. Yeah, the the third district goes all the way over, includes Lake of the Ozarks, uh, part of the part of the Ozarks area, and then Columbia, Jeff City, and of course comes all the way over east and t- uh, to the Missouri River, actually. Which is so weird. <laughs> I mean, it's bizarre. I mean, it is uh, inexplicable. Yeah, now, inexplicable. Wasn't hold and let me let me go back for a minute on this one. Wasn't sure. wasn't this the one where isn't Columbia like cut in half? Isn't that to deal with Columbia? Yeah, c- yeah, that's correct. So Columbia has both the third congressional district and also Mark Alford's district, who rep- Mark is a uh, Kansas City former newsman, TV man from from Kansas City. So his district goes all the way from one side of Columbia to to the state of Kansas. Is that how his correct. district? Yeah, is? that's correct. God, that's and then weird. and then to make it even more strange, the entire swath of northern Missouri. So you think about say Adair County, which is Kirksville, and all the northwest part of the state. That's represented by Sam Graves, who was first elected back in two thousand. Because if, if you've ever done any driving up uh, north of I-70, there's not much up there in Missouri. You've got Kirksville, uh, <laughs> and you've got on the eastern side of the state, you have Hannibal. And on the western side of the state, I don't even want to say St. Joe because St. Joseph is, is sort of part of the Kansas City metro. Yeah, closer to the KC metro yeah, area, and, sure. And, but once you get north of that, there's not much up in north There's north not Missouri. a whole – I mean, there's not – the folks up there would say that there's plenty and that they have a lot of room, right? You have right. Moberly. You have some of the areas north of – of the Columbia area up 63 there. So that was the number three story this weekend. Just a little bit of residual coverage the day after of Bob Onder's announcement. Okay, Casey, go ahead. Up a notch to number two. (laughs) Number two is fentanyl. And it's a kind of a downer of a topic that we've discussed here uh, one or two times. But interestingly, over the weekend, national publications have focused on the, the strange trio of deaths in Kansas City. Have you followed this in all, Brad? It is so bizarre. Matter of it's fact, so bizarre. I, I, I tell you what, and, and we let, let's get into maybe breaking that down in a minute. I want to. I'll hit the news piece of this quickly. In that, over the weekend on Saturday, one of my favorite bloggers ever, and the other the the other prolific blogger in the state of Missouri, Tony Bateo, who blogs at Tony'sKansasCity.com, wrote a piece on Saturday about the fentanyl crisis. And Tony links to Tony does a a whole lot of aggregation and and actually produces a lot of original content that's focused almost exclusively on Kansas City, but talks about Missouri in this piece and the national trend of fentanyl overdoses and has a very sober piece about this crisis and about how all the rhetoric about, you know, Donald Trump and some Republicans came out (laughs) and talked about bombing of fentanyl labs in Mexico, talked about how some of the rhetoric isn't exactly helpful, also talked about President Biden and the border. 
and how so much fentanyl is coming up, I would suggest folks go to my website for Sunday, which was yesterday, and take a look at Tony's piece. The other great thing about Tony's piece is when he does a, a weekly playlist, Brad, is that he'll go through and music generally through the decades. He'll pick out songs, in this case about drugs. So he touched on Huey Lewis, Third Eye Blind, Stone Temple Pilots, The Weeknd, etc. But the fentanyl case, and we could talk about it now if you want to, Brad, or we can wait. No, let's, let's, but that leads into our number one story as okay, well. Okay, well, hold it. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, you're getting ahead of me. Getting ahead of me. Casey? I get, I'm I get Casey Kasem. These are the hits you're buying, and radio stations are playing from coast to coast. That's right, Casey. Their story's coming up. That, uh, that story's coming up. <laughs> the hottest hits? The number one in the USA on Casey's Top 40. There we go. It's number one. Governor Mike Parson at the Texas border. Governor Parson was in Texas yesterday, along with Texas Governor Abbott and 12 other governors, to talk a little bit about the illegal immigration crisis. The the TLDR version, the too long, didn't read version, is that Governor Parson says that Missouri has National Guard troops in Texas already, and that the state is looking for ways to work with Operation Lone Star to send more National Guard troops to Texas to help with this illegal immigration invasion. So that's the number. And those one are our top three stories, Brad. That's the number. That's the number one story. You know, the 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 Senate bill last night that came out. I think it officially came out U.S. Senate last night with this goofy thing with the border. I mean. Do you, do you know part of this is the point where they've got it set up so that once they hit 5,000 a day, the president can say, uh, I think we need to shut down the border. But once again, they said he can say that, but do you think he will? No. You know, and the crazy thing about this is I don't under, I listened to a guy, believe it or not, on NPR over the weekend give a very reasoned dissertation, this whole thing with the border. And. It's sort of sad because essentially what he's saying is that right now, if the federal government wanted to do something, they could do it very easily. Uh, mm-hmm. And they talked about the fact that Trump did some things, which he did some things right, but he did some things wrong. But I guess the thing that, that still blows me away is, okay, let's take a look at our country for, for a minute. Let's say there were people in Canada that wanted to go to Mexico, Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's say, like, we see these things like, there's another caravan coming. There's 8,000 people in a caravan coming from Guatemala. Okay, they're coming through Mexico. Let's use the example I just gave. 8,000 people are going to be going from Canada to Mexico. Don't mm-hmm. you think at some point in time, like, the North Dakota police or the South Dakota state troopers would say, whoa, 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 whoa. What's going on here? Where are you guys going? Of course, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, anybody who's come over the border from Canada has has been interrogated before. Right. And and Mexico is like doing nothing. I mean, it's right. to the point where it's like it's like it's like okay, Mexico, thanks for helping us out. I mean, yeah. To me, all you have to do is is Biden wake up in the morning, like this morning, and go, hey, what's the phone number for the Mexican president? Hey, mm-hmm. dial that number for me, dude. You know what? If you don't stop those people coming north. We are not going to allow all those vehicles that are being manufactured by Ford and Chrysler. We're not going to let those in the United States anymore. And guess what? You're going to have to lay off all your workers. They're not going to be real happy about that. So either get the border thing straightened out and get the you know illegals coming from all these countries. What is the other day I read? There's they say now they're they're documented. There's like. 
people from 150 countries who've crossed the border. Now, oh, I'm sure. How in the world do you get from like yeah. South Africa to Mexico to cross the border? You know, I mean, you got to have some money to do that. You know what I'm saying? Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, and, and 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 I mean, you know, one of the things that Democrats talked a lot about in 2023 and the mainstream media is how we're not supposed to talk about so-called replacement therapy theory, right? Yeah, man. We're not supposed to talk about how. There are some people that really want our nation to have more immigrants. Like somehow that is jingoistic or it's somehow, you know, racist to talk about that. But but if this isn't replacing the the body of American citizenry with a more diverse population, then what is it? Well, if you if you go back, remember I told the story my very first college class when I went to SIUE was this I don't even can't remember what the class was, but you remember the name of the book. It was like the population bomb by remember we talked about this? Oh yeah, yeah. What, I don't remember who wrote that. Yeah. Anyway, this was my professor who bought this book hook line and sinker the idea being is that this guy is i think it was his name was paul something or paul ehrlich isn't that the name isn't that yeah that sounds familiar yeah ehrlich, yeah that's what it would be okay yeah. so he wrote this book in the late 60s which became like this huge popular hit among a lot of people in the united states that that the that we were uh, the world population was expanding at an exponential rate and I think he said by the year 2000, there would be some like, you know, 40 times the number of people that were on the planet Earth in like 1965 <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Okay. What's interesting about that is it's gone the opposite direction. And there are many countries, uh, and we are among those countries, that are bordering on either a negative birth rate or essentially a equal birth rate. In other words, the idea being that, uh, that uh, like, Japan has this problem, and there are several yeah, other European do, countries right. have these problems. matter of fact, China now has the problem where they are now, they used to be the most populous country in the world. Now they're number two behind India. The uh, United States has a problem, and yeah. it's multifaceted. Uh, I don't want to get into some of this stuff because people are saying I'm gay bashing, but part of the thing is that a lot of people who are shall we say, in alternative relationships, in other words, not mm -hmm. male-female, they don't produce any kids. So yep. that's part of it. And part of it has to be there are a lot of people, especially among the whatever, the what is the Generation Z now, whatever, that yep. are essentially saying, eh, we don't want to have kids because we want to go out and party every night and we, we're going to be able to travel. And, and so in other words, the idea being that we're in a negative population growth. So the idea is that these immigrants are supplementing our population. And wasn't it Schumer that recently came out and actually said we need somebody to pick the crops or some crazy something like that? Like, yeah, so, yeah, I'm going something, like, something to that effect. I'm going like, what is that? And you know, the other thing, one of the things that we should discuss one day too is the concept of Japanese culture. They have this term called herbivore men, which are which describe. Have you heard of this before? I have. Yeah. So just the concept, and and when you think of how far technology has come today. If you're a young man in Japan and and you see, you know, some sort of feminist ideology coming from the West or whatever, you think, is it really a value to be in a relationship with a woman when I could have a computer and video games and friends? Like, why would I need a woman and why would I need to reproduce?
Well, I mean, once again, that's the this counterculture, both sexually and both, uh, I guess you could say socially as well, too, that, yeah. you know, what do you need? Why do you need a man-woman relationship which would bear children? You know, hell with that. Children cost yeah. money, and, you know, you have to stay home, and you have to feed them, and you have to, you know, change poopy diapers and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Why would you want to have kids when you can, you know, have fun all the time and play video games? I don't know. I mean... I mean, in my situation is I've got uh, four kids, and um, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't think I'll ever have uh, that many grandkids because of that. You know, because of the fact that, that uh, you know, I mean, my one son is uh, well. Two of my sons are are. I'm trying to think. Two of my sons are not married. I don't know. It's just sort of weird. I mean, and and not only that. It goes along with what we talked about last week that they talked about the same situation. And I've read a lot of stuff on this that um, that we talked about this last week that the millennials don't millennials don't want to own houses. That millenni- yeah, millennials yeah. want to rent because of the fact that if something goes wrong with your house, you have to pay to have it fixed. If you're renting an apartment or even renting a home, if something goes wrong, you just call the landlord. You know, hey, come and yeah, fix Yeah, yeah. And the idea of the, the old model of stability of save a little money buy a starter home, have a family, get a better job, make more money, buy a bigger house. That's just, you're speaking French to these Gen Z kids when well, you say that. But not only that, think about this for a minute. Nobody's building starter homes anymore. I mean, that's yeah, absolutely true. Go in St. Charles County, go in Jefferson County, go in St. Louis County. If, if a developer comes in and tries to put in low, you know, not, I don't want to say low income housing, but what we in the old days, what we consider starter homes, <laughs> a starter home. Oh yeah. my God. They just get just get torn to shreds by the we don't want those cheap houses in our in our you know municipality we don't because that's going to bring in low class people that don't have a lot of money and they're gonna you know okay whatever you know but yet look in their past where do they end up you know yeah just, yeah it's just a like, different world though brad just like my friends who live like in kirkwood and our webster groves and i always make fun of them for living in urban sprawl land and they always get very what do you mean urban sprawl i go Anything west of essentially of Tucker, if you really take it literally, t- west of Tucker, south of Shoto, north of St. Louis Avenue, that's urban sprawl because the original city of St. Louis essentially was once you got west of Tucker, that was like farmland, that was like the forest area, and the same thing south of Shoto and north of St. Louis Avenue. Matter of fact, the interesting thing about it was, um, I think you and I mentioned this one time, the Bevo Mill was built by the Bush family because that was halfway between the brewery and their house at Grant's Farm, and that was where they stopped for dinner. And to the nice, point, yeah. and to the point where it's like, you know, now you go like, oh, that's like, okay, like, uh, you know, that's like not that far of a drive. Well, back in the horse and bucky days, yeah, you know, that sure was when he went from the brewery, <laughs> which essentially was on the Mississippi River, and you went all the way out to Grant's Farm, which is out essentially is Grant's Farm technically in Crest, or is that Sunset Hills where that's at? You know? Oh man, I don't know. I can, you know, when it comes to South County, I be, because of where you and I grew up, I don't know about you, but when when I get south of you know, 40, I'm pretty much lost. Well, I, it's either Sunset Hills or Crestwood. I don't know which yeah. one it is. I'll look it up. Okay, we're going to take a break. We'll be back. We'll talk about the Kansas City thing with these uh, three dudes that uh, that essentially froze to death, which is just a weird, bizarre story. The whole thing is so weird. Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. 
It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of The Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? 